welcome back to How to Tickle Yourself. I'm your host, Joey of Rockledge, along with my co-host, <laughs> Duff McDonald. Hello. <laughs> we are super excited for today's guest. She's been on the show multiple times, and she is one of our all-time favorite yoga teachers, Linda Lalita Winnick. She's the founder of Woodstock Shakti Yoga and has been teaching for over 30 years. She also has an MA in Ayurveda and Ayurvedic medicine and yoga philosophy. And we don't just love her for her amazing yoga flows and classes, but also for her sense of humor and also for all the little nuggets of wisdom that she drops on us during her classes. So Def and I recently took a class and the whole focus of it was about what you need to do to bring yourself back into balance with the change of season. So naturally, we want to share all of this information with you, our dear listeners. So we've asked her to become a regular guest and we're going to have her back each quarter so that she can tell us what the heck we need to do to stay in balance. Welcome, Linda. We are so happy that you are here today. Woo! Woo! Yay! Yay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for letting me use my, my master's degree. <laughs> <laughs> Especially such a, like a weird one, right? Like to have that <laughs> background, like a master's degree in Ayurvedic medicine. Ah, uh, it's amazing. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah. Oh, yes. At the present moment, traveling town to town, the mystery of emotion, right here, right now. Right here, right now. Whoa, right here, right now. So if we were really to do this right, we would have to do it a few, like a month or so, a few weeks before the season hit. Okay. All right, so we'll remember that for the we're next because now we're in it. So because okay. like in Ayurveda, it's almost like when you have a house guest, you want to make sure you clean the house before they come. <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay. so we're playing catch up. <laughs> we're playing catch up. That's okay. So Vata has already attacked. Okay. As one of my teachers calls it, when Vata is already deranged, which is like, again, <laughs> a word that he chose. It's not a word that I chose, but it kind of fits it, right? Because it feels like it's deranged. So just a little background on Ayurveda. Vata or if you're saying it more like a traditional Indian way, Vata is um, V-A-T-A, but it's the combined elements of ether or space and air. So the the um, what it represents is the wind, the winds of the body. And so mm-hmm. it's the movement principle. So how that also shows up environmentally is like what fall time looks like. Like right now, if you look outside, because we're all like in the same, you know, kind of neighborhood, it's gray out. The well, the leaves are like having an issue. They're not like <laughs> they're green, you know, like and somewhat brown, right? So they might gone. Not change. It's like yeah, yours are, and some are gone. So what it is, it has to do with like the leaves kind of thinning out. They have mm-hmm. like a little brown color at least around here, but then they turn brown and then they fall off. And so it sort of has to do with dissipation energy. So, uh-huh. mm-hmm, so it has um, the dissipation, the withering disintegration, dispersing, those are all words that you would describe for vata. So when people are in the vata time of their life, they're in that time of their life when things get brown and they dry out and they kind of fade or they fall off. 
Is like that your right? Hair, <laughs> right here, or like, you know, our hearing or things, our nervous system gets a little bit more fragmented. So people start to shake. Um, those are some elements that why Vata, you know, shows up and it shows like in our hair turning, you know, unless you use hair dye, um, gray. So um, those are some elements of it. And so Vata right now, again, is we're sort of in October. So we're like in the middle of it. Vata so this, starts, is, starts. this is like like the old age of it's like the season of old age. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's your last hurrah. No, it's um, <laughs> but it is. It's sort of like we sort of mimic nature in that. I mean, the only thing about like going through multiple seasons is we we get, you know, we get to rebirth again. And at least in this, you know, lifetime. Whereas like old age, you have to wait to like the reincarnation to occur. Right. Wheels so, within wheels. Wheels within the wheels. Yep. So um, so that's like again how Vata shows up. So in for humans, that's why like when there's an element that increases, it's gonna start to increase in the previous season. So okay. the quality of how summer was, if it's extra hot, if it's extra chaotic. The heat is going to dry out. So Vata becomes a little bit more intense. Or if you're like people are, are you, know, ro- you know, driving around or being crazy in the summertime, they actually have it more in their nervous system. They're going to have a little bit more frenetic energy. So like if you're really being Ayurvedic, you have to sort of prepare a little bit ahead of time because when it's already in it, like environmentally, it's like you're Vatic, it's Vatic, Vata. Mm. And then there's like times of the day when it's more increased. And um usually between like two and six. So whenever I do things like this, when I do my teacher training, I'm always doing it in the Vata time of the day when people's brains become a little bit more fading, right? Mm. Cause it's like, oh, like, you know, the it's post lunch or whatever, post sun being the highest in the sky. <laughs> the other thing is, so two to six in the uh, afternoon, but also like two to six at nighttime. And so again, we could also be doing this talk at like two in the morning. And probably if we were doing it live, we'd have a lot of listeners because everybody <laughs> who's sort of struggling with Vata. I think so my mom for sure. Up, your mom, right. So it's like, if we were to do like a talk show, we'd on Vata, people are like, wow, like it's like people who are affected by Vata wake up at this time. And sometimes they're plagued by anxiety or sometimes they're just awake because I've it's been, just energy of Vata. I've been waking up at like 4.30 in the morning. And so yeah. I've just been sort of rolling with it and get up and meditate. And so we've That's been good. having meditate meditation club at like, uh, you know, between four yeah. thirty and five every day. Yeah, no, but, but that's a good time. That's a perfect time. That's like the time of Vata when if you do wake up at four thirty, it's like perfect for meditation. The other side of this time of the year is that because the energy is so um, penetrating and so light, those are ways of describing it. It's good for spiritual practice. Ah, okay. So it really is. It's not, it's not, nothing is all bad. It's just when it accumulates and there's too much of it, then it's sort of like it might feel kooky, right? So or what are what are like, some signs of too much vata? Like if somebody, how do you know if you have too much vata? When you have too much vata, is like thoughts are racing. Like it depends on where it is. So in the mind, it's you're like too much thoughts racing, kind of giddy. When it's distorted in like a um you know like a mental illness way, it could be like a ma- mania, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes people have like grandiose, like they're you know, Shiva or something like that, or their guru. Um, it could turn into like starting a lot of projects and finishing nothing. <laughs> right? It's Sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like, it's like almost all the elements of what mania would be. 
but like not, it might not be like, again, uh, you know, DSM, whatever, five or six, whatever they're on now. I haven't studied psychology, like Western in a while, but it's not like that textbook, but it's all that element. And so it's, well, how, you know, it's there is when it's uncomfortable and it might not just be uncomfortable for you. It might be uncomfortable for others. Like you might be enjoying it, but everybody around you is like, maybe you shouldn't have been drinking like that fifth cup of coffee. (laughs) And you might not have had that fifth cup of coffee. Right. So it's like you're bopping around or the other side of Vata is the depletion element. So it could be racing or it could be depletion due to like, again, exhaustion. So sometimes people feel um, completely just low energy or it could show up as depression, sorrow, avoid, empty, clueless in a way, or they don't have any direction. So that's how Vata can also show up. So that's the interesting thing about it. It's not like streamlined. It just okay. depends on the person who's experiencing it and everything else that's going on. And so in the what body. About, what sorry. about, so in, in yoga classes, you, you teach a vinyasa flow mm-hmm. mostly, right? Sometimes. What, what, ch- what changes in your class in this season? And the season. So basically I was actually just talking about it because when I do my teacher training and I'm not trying to promote that, but when I do my teacher training, I explain how you use Ayurveda in like a sequencing format. So for me, it has to do with proportions, though. I know like certain doshas like in Vata will settle more in your colon and in the nervous system, in the bones. But the reality is like doing it like a bow pose is not necessarily going to help Vata as much. So what I do is I work with Vata, which is again, movement energy. Like, so I move people because if you're feeling anxious, sitting doesn't help. Sometimes people have a hard time sitting with anxiety. So you move and you get the breathing and then, you know, and it's not necessarily extreme. So my, my movements are more steady and and deliberate, and there might be longer holds or repeats and patterns. And then by the time like people start to feel a little bit more settled and the vat is a little bit more under control, then you bring people down. And then just like in summertime, the, um, the Shavasana or the, 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 the groundwork is going to be a little bit longer because the Vata hopefully will feel a little bit more under control. So it's like slower and a little steadier and, um, the deep warmth because things that will control Vata is control routine, steadiness, but warmth. Not too much heat, though. Mm. So if people start to go into too much heat, it starts to aggravate it. Things that aggravate prana also aggravate vata. And so, again, I know people are like hot yoga, and I'm not trying to, like, get people angry at me or angry at that. (laughs) That's really not so great for vata because vata is very sensitive. Vata gets very sensitive to it. So it gets displaced pretty easily. So those are some ways. It just depends on how much vata is in the room. So right now we have vata and grief. And those two, unfortunately, come mm-hmm. together anyway. It has a much more sensitivity to what's like going around in the world. So which heard you not have it anyway. So that's also wow. additional. So dealing with like the grief factor and the grayness. And then if somebody has seasonal affective disorder, people tend to have it um, much. They get stricken by the seasonal change much more. The darkness. Yeah. Right, people really like they get very sensitive to darkness where I, I personally like again I love darkness because it's petty <laughs> by time um especially if you wake up at four in the morning like I sometimes do too but um for those who don't have that and so like it's also really bringing people into like a, a circadian rhythm that also has to do with the nature of of the cycle of the sun in the sky and also and so, knowing 
you chill out earlier. So what about, um, like, what should we be doing with our food, right? So how does our, how does your diet change? Diet change? Okay, sure. So that's when we sort of, and the same thing, like when we talk about the body, I talked about how Vata shows up in the mind, how it shows up in the body is, um, and people who have a predominance because they're not, their constitutional type, which is called prakruti, constitutional type, their nature has more Vata. So they're going to be more prone to things like constipation, they're mm-hmm. going to have an erratic appetite. So sometimes they're hungry or they can go for long periods without eating. And then they're ravenous. Um, their digestive fires tend to be low. And so, um, so again, that's where the irregularity comes in. Um, and then dryness in the system. Mm-hmm. That's also where it shows up. And because there's no insulation in a vata who is constitutionally vatic. So that's why they also have a little bit more tendency to cold. So for the diet. So for diet, again, the, the main thing, which you can do inside and outside, and I don't know if I said this when, um, when you're in my class, but the word lubrication comes in. <laughs> you got to lube the inside and the outside. And people love that, right? You say the word lubrication, it just brings happiness. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I think we were lubricating our hips in your class, right? Yeah, Getting in our hip lube- joint. Yeah. 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 So lubrication. So when you're doing it, you're using like synovial, which is your body's natural mechanism for lubrication. And so that's also like for, for people when they get older, they lose their lubrication. And so it shows up, you know, different areas or joints get crackly. Mm -hmm. Um, Sex starts to hurt sometimes if they don't have like external lube. Um, (laughs) And so, yeah, so lubrication. So you put like oil on your body. And again, people ask what type of oil, not the cooking oil. You can, I've been using like a little coconut oil because it has like a nice smell to it, but you don't want to use like cooking toasted sesame oil because you're going <laughs> to smell like, hum, like people are, are going to be hungry smelling you and it's not so, um, it's not so absorbable into your skin, but you use like a nice high quality organic sesame oil for Vata if you don't have a, a sensitivity to it. Um, eating more uh, things that are kind of juicy, like, and, and kind of more root vegetables cooked mm. well. If you have a hypersensitivity and you are vata, you don't want to eat a lot of raw or cold, no okay. ice drinks. Um, soup. Yeah, soup is perfect. Soups, stews, the Indian spices, if you like those. So increasing like the coriander, cumin, ginger, black pepper, turmeric, hing, um, esophatita, which is hing, um, you know, those types of spices. If you don't like those spices, more basil more oregano to help digest the food, to add some heat. You kind of don't want to do like the sriracha or the ghost peppers because those are too stimulating, but the more the digestive fire kindlers with the oil also help for those with the low digestive fire. And so it's, um, that's kind of like one of the ways that you would avoid, um, avoid increase of vata. And um, again, the dry food, processed food, which you probably shouldn't eat anyway, but it's like <laughs> less anyway now. Right. Mm. So crumbly, yeah. crackery, you know, crunchy things. And um, what tends to happen, though, when Vata does hit and I try to explain this to people, we get more attracted to things that are bad to us. Because when you're in, in a Vatic cycle, that's kind of what you want. It's somehow right. or another, like even though like increases like I found like is addicted to like. Mm. <laughs> that <laughs> makes sense. Yeah. For that, because like doshas. You know, even though like the word dosha, which is what vata, pitta, and kapha are, it means to stain, to tarnish. And they're not necessarily bad because, you you know, we all have them. When they accumulate, that's how you know what you have going on. 
So when you say how you know vat is in the house, it's like how it shows up. It's in there, but when it starts to increase, that's when it becomes like a problem when it's uncomfortable. And so, so ideally, we just want to balance. We want to keep all of that. We all have all the doshas a little, but we want to keep all of them just balanced. You want and, to keep it balanced, but you're more like the one that you have a predominant. So you'll have like a constitutional type. Like I have a feeling that both of you characters have more pitta. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And again, you can't tell by looking at somebody like I've spent time with you and pitta is not bad, but I know you guys are a little bit more fire. <laughs> and so it's um, so like if you have a predominance of fire, you're going to have the natural warmth. Right. The thing about the pitta is that it will aggravate vata as if it's too raging. Ah, right. it's okay. So it's going to make it like you dry out faster. So they and interplay with each other. Do so you have you're like saying a le less kombucha hot sauce. We, we, <laughs> this is a kombucha hot sauce house. We we practically drink it out of the bottle. And chili it, crunch. You, oh, you, can, chili you crunch. can kind of get away with it. You know, see how it goes. Like, don't eat it so much in the summertime. Like now in wintertime, you can go a little kombucha crunchy, hot stuff, whatever you're taking. Yeah, you can do it more, but just see how it affects you. Like, again, if you're like a spiritual aspirant, it's important to see how foods affect your mind. I mean, for everybody, but if you are, you'll see that like if you eat certain foods, the quality of the food will affect your meditation or it'll affect our, our conduct. Like, again, as also a pitta, um, you know, if I eat too much hot foods, it really does make me a little like, bleh, you know, like blah, rageful, like a little more aggro. Which do you like have it. a, do you have a favorite, uh, like a favorite dish for fall? Like, do you have a recipe that we, we can, um, I can get from you later and maybe send out. Right. I, I honestly like for me, I don't know if I have one favorite. What did I have the other day? I mean, I guess what I just made today or yesterday was my favorite. <laughs> right? It's the latest best meal works. you've ever had, right? <laughs> it was like the best meal. Like what I did was I took, I was like, I wonder if I could ever share what I just did yesterday. It was actually pretty worked out really well. I took like a whole, I'm a vegetarian, so that's like whatever, but I took a big old head of uh, cauliflower whole. I chopped the bottom off and I put it in a pot and then I put like tempeh in there. And what else did I put in like different spices to like give it some, you know, an oil and stuff like that. And I just like broke it all down and it turned into like such a delicious because like if you eat it raw, it's more vatic. If you cook the cauliflower, it's more user friendly. So you know, because a cauliflower, I think is a cruciferous. Is that what they call that? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so basically like, you know, they make you fart, which is very vata. <laughs> so if you cook it and you add the spice, it makes people still want to be around you. And you know, <laughs> you get like the bloated tummy, right? And you get all the, the nutrition of it. And so like for me, and it's also the spices that you add into it, you know, so you could put like coriander, you could put like sesame oil, you can add, you know, like, the the hot sauce you want into it because also like that will counter the the cauliflower itself will counter the heat of the hot sauce so you can mix and mingle things in mm -hmm. the pot you can add like a dairy if you're if you're not a vegan and you can add like a dairy or more coconut oil to reduce like the intensity of like a of a um of a spiciness so again anything you you can convert into a stew but you want to make sure it's not old food okay, okay. old food. Right. This is like, again, this, when I work with people one on one, it's like it's always a, a um, what do you call it? Like a negotiation. <laughs> and one person, they would make like a again, I'm not a meat eater, but I don't condemn people for doing it because it's not my business. But um, in that sense, but someone, I guess they would make a, a like a, a roast at the beginning of the week. And I guess they would eat this thing all week long. 
And I just told him by like a few days after, because the thing is already kind of dead and then you're cooking it and then it degrades more. So you're basically <laughs> eating a really dead, dead thing. I do it's make big batches like of soup though. Yeah, soups are fine. Soups are okay, fine. Frozen, right. make sure it's preserved. Yeah. yeah things do lose anyway. But so yeah, so fresh, maybe like two or three day cutoff. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We're, I, we're think, I, th- I think Joey, it, Joey, you need to share your the simplest soup recipe oh, uh, of all my, time. What is that soup you make? I call it I dream of broccoli. Uh, I dream of celery. It's um <laughs> because it's like a cream of celery, but it doesn't have any dairy. And so it's just yeah. a whole, it's really easy. It's a whole head stock of celery. Yeah. Um, and you chop it up and saute that with one onion and one zucchini and then yeah. puree it and just add whatever spices you like. And it is amazing. Like the zucchini makes it super creamy. Right. And then I'll do things like saute shiitake mushrooms and put it on top. And we've been I've been trying to use some of our nasturtiums out of the garden because they're like, they're giant, like lily pads. So Perfect. we've been using those on top. Yeah. No, it's, it's, um, because the color deeper. orange is great. Okay. Colors are great. When people wear a lot of dark, no, no comment, but like you're, no. <laughs> helps to create a higher vibration in the eyes. Okay. Anything cooking, Noted. Like, <laughs> like everybody out there in the world, whoever's watching this and they're like more recipes or no recipes, just like cook things, you know, and just add spices and kind of be like an experimenter with it the only thing is like don't put too much turmeric and don't put too much patita <laughs> because those things will destroy the meal and sometimes too much cumin just yep. the right amount like a half a teaspoon add a little bit more as you or a quarter of a teaspoon depending on the the spice but spices are great experiment with the oils so you're not like stuck with just olive oil though olive oil is fine right i think right. i made it with olive oil i can't remember what oil i used but i think it was olive oil actually and you can use garlic if you want Unless you're a meditator, so they say no onions and garlic, but if you cook them, it changes them, they become sweeter. Mm-hmm. So the flavors that help to balance vata are sweet, sour, and salty. Slightly Make out. Sweet, sweet, sour, sweet, sour, and salty. Those all have a little, they have a little um, kick to them. So a little like a fire rather, just a little fire, just a little heat. So those tend to help pacify vata. And, like and talk about kaffa, we'll have a whole nother punch, another <laughs> flavor profile. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I was wondering about sleep too, because I like a lot of times this year seems to be an exception because I, I'm waking up so early, but I'm normally, I feel like I start sleeping in more and I, I just, I, I start sleeping, moving from like seven hours of sleep to like nine or 10. Is that good? Or is that mm-hmm. just me giving into, <laughs> is that just me being out of balance? <laughs> That might be, that might you just needing more sleep. Okay. <laughs> Vata needs more rest. Vatas are the ones that do need the siestas. If it was like okay. season, it depends. Like, you know, like animals hibernate, but we have certain different qualities that to it to, for that. But like for Vata, cause Vata can get so exhausted that I just think sleep is the best. I love sleeping too. So it's like perfect time to get the nervous system to calm down. And then the mind gets more of an opportunity to unwind because the mind, again, has a lot of movement going on in it. And even though in like traditional, like not, you know, ways of viewing the mind, they consider it as the word sattvic, which is mm-hmm. balanced and harmonious. I don't think most people would say that about their mind. It just <laughs> has the opportunity for that. Most minds are chaotic. And especially like I was just listening to one of my teachers talking about it. He said that because of the nature of so much information coming in through the sense organs 
that the mind actually goes into like a needing to sleep state. Sleeping is called tamasic, which is not bad. It just means you just need to shut down. So that shutting down of the mind because your sense organs have perceived so much is actually excellent for your mind. All right. Yeah. So we want to move our bodies and then yep. ground them. Yep. Uh, we want to meditate. Mm-hmm. We want to sleep a good bit. And we want to yep. eat sweet, sour, and salty foods yep. with a we little bit of spice. Oil. Yep. And right. oil. Oil, and oil, oil, oil. Okay. Oil, oil your body inside and out. And out. I need to wear more orange. <laughs> Well, you need some orange, some red, just some like sort of like colors that are like this is red has a little bit of heat. Okay. Fiery colors. So anything like, again, for people who have like serious disorders, it's like all day long, I'm like having this like splash into my eyes. Right. Mm. So I'm like, you know, so it is, it's really just like vibration and, um, you know, chromotherapy is like something that they do in Ayurveda where Mm. like it's the colors you can use light therapy, but like the reality is just wear like a red shirt. And that kind of helps you stimulate. Well, that's interesting. Does that, is there an explanation for why, you know, the, the New York city female is got a black wardrobe. Is that have to do with, um, something about the, the, the state of their consciousness or is it just a only females or is it all New Yorkers? I guess all New Yorkers, but it's like, why do we, why do, why do er, fashionable urbanites gravitate to black? Because it makes us look cool, man. That we're over, I think (laughs) in the city you get overstimulated. It's sort of like, yeah. And I mean, reality, if you put black on everybody, looks what I like to call slender. That's like my fashion. (laughs) You look a little slender. Um, yeah, I think it just has to do with attitude from the beatniks, I guess. I don't know where they originated, but didn't they bring out the black? Mm, I'm trying so. to spell the colors, but the cool thing is like vo- volumes of color because it's mm. actually healthier for your mind, you know? So, yeah, but that's, yeah, you know. Wow. When, okay. I never actually thought about the color of the clothing that I wear as splashing into my eyes. All <laughs> same. <laughs> some of the personality i'm not saying yours but i'm just saying some of the personalities of like people they're like very like you know um as an ex new york city ex art art school art you know worldly uh ex- experienced person um you know a little dark <laughs> well that's what i meant right it's like <laughs> then you have crazy like scotty who's got one of the more colorful wardrobes in the world always so linda yeah. what what is uh what's tickling you these days did you give us a couple things that are sort of lighting up your soul? What's lighting up my soul? Again, it's just like I think how I said earlier. Well, basically just the small wins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just really like the small little dumb accomplishments that just like, you know, because like everything in life sometimes just feels like a battle. You know, just get little stupid things down. You're like, how did it get so complicated? So really, like I said, getting my two handles for my window, that's like, I don't know, that's like cause for celebration because there's so much sorrow that I just, yeah. you just kind of have to focus on your own universe and, and go out into the big world. But if like the small universe, the microcosm and the macrocosm are just so overwhelming, it's overwhelming. Now, so it really is, it's eating the nasturtiums that are huge. It's, you know, it's, it's really complicated. You know, it's like in the time of war, it's just like, and everybody's so upset and then people have lost and small losses and big losses so like it's for me also just like uh how do i keep myself sane so i can keep showing up for people mm. you know? 
So it's just mm-hmm. like, that's it. It's just, and also yeah. not like feeling like since my I have family that's in Israel and like not feeling guilty. Like if I go out for dinner, you know, mm-hmm. it's like that, like, you know, like knowing not that life goes on, but it's like, okay, you know, it's intense. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, that's a great question. I wish I, I wish I was able to ponder <laughs> that one before I got asked. <laughs> I don't know, kind of like mine are pretty goofy. You know what I mean? Like it really is. But I think that's also just what my my main thing is. Just like really, what are the small happinesses? Count your blessings, right? Yeah, my blessings. Yeah, it's like the yeah. small the small little happinesses like that are okay. That there's no real like in my personal, I'm okay. Right like here, yeah. Outer ring not so great. Everything on the week on okay. the weekend, we uh, Marguerite was up here, and we spent a few hours cleaning the chicken shit off the tennis court with a power washer <laughs> and It's also chicken feet. <laughs> and chicken feet. But the three of us were at it for a couple hours and it was the greatest feeling of accomplishment. <laughs> it was like we right? had we had pushed back the darkness a little bit and we could see the green of the tennis court again. It's yeah, just gotta- Yeah, I was just talking about because I was like at some place and we were talking about wallpaper and she was talking about how like when she bought this house, she had layers of wallpaper and just like the joy of like, when you get like a little bit and it pulls off a big old stripper. <laughs> and I was saying for my own house too, it's like when you're getting into the linoleum, I was like, I had those joys just getting into the, the linoleum and peeling off like a big chunk of like linoleum off something like preening or, or something about it for us humans. So it's just like enjoying that. Like who cares? Like get the, and the linoleum and the wallpaper and like whatever it is, because it's just, you know, it's it's always that small thing. The small little treasures is like where For I'm sure. going. Yeah. So, Linda, where can people find you? If people are looking for Ayurveda or yoga, what's the best way for them to track you down? Um, I guess they can find me at uh, Shakti Yoga Woodstock at okay. Gmail. But only nice right. things, okay? <laughs> yes yes okay, no, only fan no, mail no only only like thank you for that or do you have any recipes or can i have a mantra <laughs> or do you have any color or outfit recommendations or what spices <laughs> no, right. hate mail. no 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 and so we should uh we should get you back pretty soon for uh so we can get all of this information before we go into the winter months yeah i guess it'll be all soon right later. So and what then, does that yeah. mean end of december no, before the end of December, yeah, end of November, November, I think. The only, yeah. bummer, the only bummer part is that would bring us like around Thanksgiving, which again, I don't want to tell people not to like gorge and have a good time at Thanksgiving. <laughs> but when you eat at Thanksgiving is definitely going to, is going to affect you in the wintertime. All right. That's so, a preview. That's a preview yeah, for everybody. Preview. <laughs> so the thing too is just like for what I tell people, just keep moving. Okay. Mm. Moving is almost the great equalizer. Mm. For all the all doshas, right. even ask me like, what's tridoshic? What's the thing that crosses all the board is movement because it helps to control vata, which is movement. It helps to like, for people who are pitta, which is the fire element, it helps to exercise because pittas need to consume. And then the kaphas need exercise because the stagnation, which we'll get in the winter time, right? What happens is, is if you have too much of that, you have too much of that and you can't move. Mm. All right. So again, so that's moving. Don't stop moving. Just keep moving. And doesn't mean right, listeners. That's it. Keep moving. keep moving. Keep moving. You gotta yes. keep moving. When I come, <laughs> when I come with me Shakti, it's what we do. But uh, yeah, right. just keep walking. Walk to places. Park at the end of the parking lot to go to the grocery store. 
just give yourself little walking tasks. And go to Shakti. Run to. Run across right. the Thank you so much, Linda. We we'll, just see in a you. we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Yeah. <laughs> All right. See you in a couple of weeks. We'll have to schedule that. All Bye, right. Everybody. Bye. Enjoy your Thanks, mother. Linda. I just love her. She's so great. Well, be, given our scheduling snafu here, because we're off season, uh, you're in luck. Because <laughs> we're going to be talking to her in a few weeks. Um, <laughs> I find that very valuable to think about. I never really think about, like, I think of the changing of season in either, you know, firewood or <laughs> um, the beach. I don't right. think about, I really don't and have never really thought about what changes in me from season to season. It's never yeah. been on top of my mind. And I also never thought about, um, I've always just thought of food as what do I like the taste <laughs> of, not uh, uh, yeah, what no. does it do to me uh, in a particular time. So waking up to whole new ways of thinking here at how to tickle yourself, people. <laughs> I had Betty. So, you know, she's a, a food. I think I read a book called Food is Your Best Medicine. And maybe I was 18 and I was like, OK, all right. So I've thought about food for a long time, I, I but had, just not necessarily seasonally. So speaking of food in uh, listeners, I have a piece out on Audible now called Kombucha Curious. It's amazing. About, about the world's um, uh, greatest drink. And um, you just reminded me, there's a quote in there um, from Hippocrates where uh, he's talking about having a good diet and good uh, digestion uh, because hypocrisy says death sits in our bowels. Mm. And have you ever so, heard the, the phrase... Uh, Digging your grave with your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Sound, that sounds a little dirty, Joey. This right. is a PG. Uh, your grave, your grave, right? Your right. <laughs> so, so uh, what, yes, what we, love Linda we, we love Linda Winnett. She's the best. Um, she is. Okay. So what I have for you today uh, we're switching things up here. We're, we're going to have some more Ibindo during the I've got one for you and some uh, Swami Abednanda for the in the traditional Ibindo position because Ibindo has uh, um, settled a uh, household dispute once and for all. <laughs> yes. So listeners, listeners here at Rockledge, we have. Um, uh, when you come in the front door, you're in what is sort of a, uh, a porch that seems to have been added to the original house uh, with, you know, in the summer, it's beautiful in there. You can open it, let the wind go through. But in the winter, we got to sort of seal it off because, um, you know, the house would be too cold. So there's been a debate as to what this room is called for years <laughs> and i was reading some oriabindo the other day and he had as he often does he'll use a word in a way where i'm like what i didn't know and so in a sentence he says such and such is a vestibule to the final achievements and i'm like that's a curious use of vestibule so i looked it up 
and it is in typical usage a small room leading as if by a pathway so this is what he's talking about a pathway to the final achievement so it's a small room as if by a pathway to a larger space such as a lobby or entranceway for the purpose of waiting withholding the view of the larger space reducing heat loss Mm. or providing storage space for outdoor clothing. Okay, all right. So our front room there is a vestibule. Right, okay, agreed. Right? Yeah, De we're on the, the same page. The debate it's is over. All right, nice. Thanks, are you Bindo? <laughs> yeah, so he's- I mean, for so many things, but specifically. He can, yeah, he can, he can be your spiritual- um, uh, teacher, or he can tell you what the name of that room <laughs> in your house is. <laughs> so, moving right along. I've been reading this uh, book. I talked about it last week called Bhagavad Gita, The Divine Message by a guy named Swami Abedananda. He was a disciple of uh, Ramakrishna. And it's just amazing. And... Um, you and Linda talked about meditation there. You both mentioned it a couple times. And, you know, why do we meditate? We be, The goal is to get in touch with your true self, right? So what is your true self? Um, it's the part of, well, there's a part of you that's changing always, mm -hmm. right? Your body is yep. the most obvious one, but your mind, mind also. Uh, and there's a part of you that is eternal. Um, your true self is the eternal part of you, right? And you're, so as we just said, your mind and your intellect are uh, always changing. So that can't be your true self. And to explain that, think of it this way. When you have a new thought, right? If you're just sitting there, if you're not talking and a thing pops into your mind, right? An idea. What part of you is aware that you've had a new thought? It's the eternal part of you that is watching that thought appear. And maybe a better way to get at that is when you change your mind, right? So uh, a thing being uh, you're not so into a thing and then suddenly you're into a thing, right? There's a part of you that knows that you changed your mind about it. It's not your mind because your mind has changed, Right. So if you thought right. it was bad and you now think it's good, your mind says it's good. But there's a part of you that knows that you used to think it's bad and now you think it's good. Right. right. So that is that is the true self. Um, and the observer. And like you can think of it, too, as a sort of upstream downstream thing. Right. Like the there are there are hierarchies in you and the higher ones are the ones that can watch the lower ones. And, you know, for example, an inventor makes an invention. Can the invention explain the inventor? It cannot because it's downstream from the inventor, right? So if I write a story, if Duff writes a story, the story cannot explain me. I can explain the story. It's downstream. So here's Swami Abednanda. 
and he's talking about the the true self uh and and whether you can know it and it's the spirit and he says the spirit is not unknown and unknowable as described by herbert spencer and immanuel kant but it is unknown and unknowable by intellect it is knowable by our spirit it is the source of our consciousness Intellect cannot know this. Sense perception cannot reveal the eternal truth. Intellect and mind are transitory, phenomenal, and relative, meaning they're always changing, but our true nature can know the eternal truth. The knower alone can know the eternal truth. The Atman can be known only by the self-consciousness and not by any other means. The point he's making there is that if you want to know the ultimate, the supreme spirit, the ultimate truth of existence, you know, when we doubt things like God with our mind, the reason that, that we do that is because mind cannot grasp God. Right. God is, sits above mind. And the only way to it, to spirit, to eternal truth, is literally through meditation to understand the eternal part of you, because the eternal part of you is God. And oh it's why we meditate. And it's now why I guess I can't eat onions and garlic. <laughs> as if much. they're cooked, if they're cooked, you if can they're cooked, change them. Yeah. Thank you, Linda. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, that's Swami Abednanda. It's been I'm in the second volume of a two volume series. It's fantastic. Anyone want to talk about it? Uh, you know, send a letter and drop a line into our mailbox. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so I have a little, um, a little Hafez for you. It reminded me of Linda and it reminds me a bit of you as well. And here it goes. The small man builds cages for everyone he knows while the sage who has to duck his head when the moon is low, keeps dropping keys all night long for the beautiful, rowdy prisoners. <laughs> dropping keys. Dropping keys. <laughs> Am I a prisoner? Did you just call no, me a prisoner? No, no. Sage, you and Linda are I'm sages. dropping keys. Oh, good, good. You're dropping keys. Yeah, no, you don't build cages. You're not like, uh, you know, having to tuck everyone into a certain label and like make them fit into a little box. You're letting everybody just be free. Right. All right. We love all of you. Right. We're trying to tickle you. Thanks for listening. <laughs> we'll be back Thank next you. week. Bye-bye. You've been listening to how to tickle yourself with your host, Duff McDonald and me, Joey of Rockledge. You can help us by liking, subscribing and sharing this podcast with others. You can talk to us and see what else is happening on Instagram and Facebook at How to Tickle Yourself. This program was recorded in Studio B of the historic Rockledge Recording Studio. Right here, right now, our original 16-part theme music was written and recorded by the legendary Paul Reddick and Kyle Ferguson of the Sidemen, with Steve Mariner on bass and drums and in the mixing room. This podcast is produced and distributed by Storic Media. Our editor is Oscar Desiderio. Our producers are Kristen Verbitsky and Chuck Labella. For more information, visit storicmedia.com. That's S-T-O-R-I-C media.com. Moments, my love.